Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is a Virgin Media Originals podcast series. Hello and welcome to The Tonight Show. Well, a day is a long time in politics. This morning, the government launched our national COVID plan, and by this evening, the entire cabinet and the acting chief medical officer were restricting movements while the health minister awaited a COVID-19 test. That test has since come back as negative, so government business can now resume as normal. Meanwhile, opposition parties and the wider public have labelled the plan as confusing, incoherent and lacking clarity. And with 357 new cases today and three further deaths, is Dublin now likely to face even stricter restrictions on Friday as well as pubs remaining shut? Well, later I'll be joined by Labour leader Alan Kelly, infectious diseases consultant Paddy Mallon and Dr Nina Burns. But first, tonight, from Government, Minister of State Niall Collins and from Sinn Féin, TD David Cullinan. Do get in touch on Twitter. Our hashtag is tonight VMTV. Well, first this evening, I'm joined by Richard Chambers from Virgin Media News to talk us through the eventful day from the COVID plan launch to the Cabinet going into isolation. Well, it was a quite extraordinary day, Richard. Let's just go from the point where we heard that the health minister Mm. needed to be tested for COVID-19. How was the message sort of filtered out among the Cabinet? And what happened in the Dáil? It's been a day, Kira, to put it mildly. It was about four o'clock when this started to to seep out. Uh, Stephen Donnelly had started to feel a bit unwell. He contacted the chief medical officer, Dr Ronan Lynn, then contacted his GP to arrange a test. Now, out of an abundance of caution, we're told then, that the Cabinet uh, took the decision uh, to uh, restrict their movements. This was communicated, of course, to the Dáil, very, very dramatically to Sean O'Freel, the Count Corley, who said that uh, the Dáil business couldn't continue, that uh, the fact of the matter is that the whole Cabinet was self-isolating. This was news, I have to say, to a lot of Cabinet ministers, at least one of them, who I communicated it to when I was there, saying, here, what's the story? Are you all self-isolating? A lot of them were finding out uh, through texts from other journalists. It was very poorly communicated. Of course, now, a, a matter of hours uh, later, some four or five hours later, uh, Stephen Donnelly has confirmed now that he has tested negative for COVID-19. The Cabinet now no longer needs to restrict their movements. But at the end of the day, it is very much not what they wanted people to be talking about at this time of the day. And Dole Business did resume. It at did. 8 o'clock this evening. It did resume in the end. There was a lot of confusion. Obviously, a lot of TDs had been packing up and they'd, you know, they'd, they'd, they'd headed for the roads, essentially, after Sean O'Friel told them that, you know, doll business isn't coming back to next week. So all sorts of a mess this evening. It is really not what you want to be doing if you're launching a Living with COVID plan. And let's talk about um, that Living with COVID plan. There was a lot of information today. We know there's five different levels. Let's look at level... 
two and the corresponding restrictions. Yes, yeah, so level two is effectively what we've been living with for the last while. This is what's now in application across the country. In terms of household visitors, obviously households have been the main source of infections recently. So a maximum of six visitors from two or three households, depending what the public health advice is. Gatherings, six indoors, 15 outdoors, pubs, restaurants and cafes, uh, all able to be open. Now, in terms of weddings, there were reports that we might see up to 100 people allowed at weddings. That isn't the case. It is capped at 50. It's 100 at level one. For sports now, a lot of conversation around that. A lot of club championships taking place around the country. 100 people outdoors, 50 indoors as well. In places where you have stadiums of 5,000, you can bring up to 200 people into those ones. And let's look at level three because there is a rumour that Neffet are going to look for Dublin to be elevated to level three, perhaps even from Friday. What further restrictions would they face? Well, this is the thing. If you talk to public health experts, people who know their stuff, they think that Dublin should already be here. Now, if you see this, visitors from one household uh, only, really cutting on that down. No social or family gatherings, pubs, restaurants, cafes. It's what says additional restrictions there. Obviously, we know Dublin is already facing wet pubs being closed, but it just says additional restrictions there. So that'll be based on the guidance. Weddings down to 25 people. All indoor events are going to be cancelled. Outdoor events uh, capped at 15 people. Also there are travel restrictions, so stay in your own county apart from essential purposes. Essentially, it's the local lockdown we saw in Leash, Offaly and Kildare. Okay, level five, the most severe, what would the restrictions be if we got there? So this is a bit of a blast from the past for people who might remember uh, the original lockdown we saw. So no visitors or social gatherings, work from home unless absolutely essential. If you're a frontline worker, pubs, restaurants and cafes then turning down to, to takeaway delivery only, wedding six people, travel restrictions back down to five. Kilo. And finally, we know there are separate finally. restrictions for Dublin. They're saying they're level two, but it's been called level 2.5. What are the separate restrictions for people living in Dublin? This has been where the confusion has come from today because there, this wasn't clearly communicated today at the briefing. Only two households can mix at any given time. That is something we did know. Groups of no more than six. That actual, that mixing of the households, that doesn't just apply in households. That's in all sorts of settings, whether it be restaurants or whatnot. Uh, wet pubs, of course, as we know, are closed. Nursing home uh, visitors down to one no nominated person. And this point, which was actually left out of the briefing there today, Kira, limit your travel outside your, to your county and meet only one household outside of Dublin. That was left out of the briefing at was communicated although from the from the government though. And Richard, we know we haven't been happy with the numbers of people um, contracting COVID-19 and they won't be happy with the numbers this evening. 357 cases, three additional deaths, unfortunately. What else do we know? Oh, this is quite stark. This is the highest figure we've seen since the 14th of May and that is something which is replicated in the hospital figures as well. 68 people currently in hospital, highest we've seen since June, same in the ICUs, 13 people. Really, the, the, the message which I'm getting from public health officials, people on NEFID, is that they're very concerned about the track of this. Obviously, Dublin is the main concern. It's where more than half of the cases are coming from. But this is very much an elevated situation, one to watch. All right, we'll leave it there, Richard Chambers. Thank you very much. Now, I'm joined by Minister of State, Niall Collins, and Sinn Féin TD and Health Spokesperson, David Cullinan. I want to start with you, um, Niall, because uh, before we get to the Living with COVID plan, which we were just discussing there, what happened this afternoon? It was clearly not beyond, I think, the realms of possibility that a member of the cabinet would have to be tested for COVID-19 and that that message would have to be sent out to the other members of cabinet and that it may have happened when the doll was in session. And what we saw today was like a game of hokey-cokey. One minute they were in and the next minute they were out and then they were back in again. Hardly inspires confidence. Well, the, the situation was very fluid. As we know, we all have to deal with uh, the effects and the impacts of uh, COVID. Stephen Donnelly didn't feel well. Um, he took the advice of the acting chief medical officer 
he took the advice of his GP, he got a COVID test, thankfully for him and for uh, everybody associated around him that has come back negative. The advice which uh, the government got from the acting chief medical officer was to restrict their movements. Uh, just specifically, now, just about what happened with the dial, which was meant to be in session. Yeah. So one minute they were told, go home, there's going to be no dial business for a week. Yeah. Uh, then we've heard Alan Kelly had to ring the Taoiseach. Then there was a change again, and suddenly dial well, business resumed the, at 8 o'clock. I mean, was there no protocol in uh, place? As, as the situation evolved in relation to Stephen Donnelly, and as the advice was given from the acting chief medical officer, Ronan Glynn, the Cowan Corla was informed. The Cowan Corla took the decision to suspend the doll until next Tuesday. A rush of blood to the head, he me, said. Well, that's for the Keown Corla to, to answer. He, um, he did answer that, I think. And, and he will be, I think... He did uh, already. He'll be answering it, uh, I think, in writing also to, to Alan Kelly and to uh, the chief whip of the Sinn Féin party. In any event, uh, the doll, Michal Martin asked the Keown Corla to recall the doll for 8 o'clock. The doll got underway. Mary Butler took questions... Um, in lieu of Stephen Donnelly. And as we speak on air now, Charlie McConlogue, uh, the Senior Minister for Agriculture, is taking questions okay. in relation to agriculture. So it's business as, as normal. Things are back up and running. Uh, I don't know if they are totally back up and running, but let's look at the Living with COVID plan, which was announced today. A big launch. We've been waiting for it for weeks. They promised clarity, cohesion. Everybody would know where they stood. And yet, a huge amount of confusion today regarding Dublin. Why was Dublin sort of in left in this limbo land? We're I, I, two, but we're not really two, but we're not severe enough to be three. And why are, is there such confusion around the travel measures? There, well, there isn't confusion. Uh, and I don't, uh, I don't buy into the narrative which uh, is being presented by uh, some people across the media that there's confusion. Quite clearly, the, it was flagged uh, um, a number of weeks ago at this stage that the government would bring forward uh, the Living with COVID medium-term plan. Uh, that has been brought forward today. It details, as you have just uh, illustrated there, uh, five phases. Um, it will be for an effort to decide how you move uh, from level two to level three or back to level one, uh, depending on the circumstances, depending on the data and the analysis of their data. But specifically, I just want to look at the Dublin situation because yeah. I think people can see and, and, the rest of the countries at level two. Watching the press conference today, at one point, I think Stephen Donnelly said there wouldn't be any restrictions on travel. Then there was a press release after the press conference that said we'd be encouraged, Dubliners would be encouraged not to leave the county. Then mm. Stephen Donnelly was out on radio at one o'clock mm. and when he was asked, can Dubliners leave? He said, absolutely, they can. And then we see the Taoiseach out this evening saying, mm. actually, the advice is don't leave. Now, that's not clear to me. Well, Michal Martin was very clear this evening. It's a travel advisory and we're asking people uh, to demonstrate goodwill. Uh, the numbers are worrying in Dublin. Uh, COVID is on the march. Um, we have to, as a community in Dublin, has to have a as a community uh, take that very, very seriously. Is it not worrying that your health minister could not communicate that clearly today? Well, look, today was a busy day. I think what we have now is clarity. There, there's absolute clarity. There is a plan in terms of the five phases. It's the job of opposition, and I think it's regretful that opposition, uh, like David's party and others, are seeking to play politics with the public health of the nation. The government has quite clearly... Mm. Nobody has rang me today to say uh, they don't understand the plan which was produced today. There's five phases. It's there for people to see. But I think importantly... Uh, people are confused. I, I, I was fairly well, confused and I followed it very, very well, closely well, today. Can, what can is can the I, travel I, advice can, for Dublin just at this stage, Niall Collins? The, the, what is that yeah, travel we're, advice? We're, we're asking... It's a travel advisory. We're asking people to restrict their movements and to stay at home as much as possible. So okay? if you have... Let's home. just be clear. If you have a staycation booked this weekend outside of Dublin, can you go? We're asking people to stay at home. 
Okay. okay. If you have a wedding, a family wedding down the country, can you go? We're, we're asking people to stay at home and to limit to, limit to the numbers. Th this is very, very serious. And, and I think really we have to avoid moving uh, up, up the line in terms of phases three, four and five. We've worked very hard at this and I think we have to give ourselves the best chance possible. And I want to say this to you. About two weeks ago, um, Ronan Glynn was warning the people of Dublin and the people of Limerick. Now, I represent Limerick. Uh, the people of Limerick heeded uh, the advice. Uh, I, I discussed it here. I discussed it on local media at home. Limerick uh, has moved to a better place. And I think Dublin can and will move to a better place once the advice is taken. So Limerick listened and Dublin didn't? Well, no, look, there, there, there's different challenges in Dublin. There's obviously a different mass of population, different movements. But I think we just all have to pull together. As I said to you, the virus is on the march. Uh, David, you're just listening to Niall there. He's really disappointed by the attitude of the opposition today. And I heard the Taoiseach say it. And in fact, I heard Stephen Donnelly say it as well, that the opposition are going out of their way to undermine the public health message. They're playing politics with this. Well, first of all, I suppose I have to give some credit to Niall and indeed the Taoiseach for saying that with a straight face. Um, the fact that they think that people have got clarity and that the government have restored confidence over the last number of uh, hours and days and weeks is extraordinary. For Niall to say that we, that we can now get back to business as usual. Business as usual? What we've been served up over the last number of weeks and months, we've had chaos after chaos. We had more chaos today. And even in terms of this plan, I listened to 40 minutes of a press conference and ministers struggling to answer questions. I, I listened to Minister Donnelly give wrong information in relation to Dublin. Now, that wasn't the Sinn Féin Minister for Health. That was a Fianna Fáil Minister for Health. This is a minister, hang on a second now, I've got a good run, I need, I need to make a number of points. This was a, a Fianna Fáil Minister. And every single time, that this government gets itself into a mess, it wants to blame Sinn Féin. And in relation to what happened in the Dáil Chamber today, we were told over the last number of weeks and months that precautions were put in place to prevent a situation where the entire Dáil would have to shut down if one government minister potentially had the virus. And yet that's what nearly happened today. It was extraordinary that TDs from all parties were learning from the media, from text messages, from Twitter what was happening. And not actually from uh, not actually from uh, the government, and the notion that this the, plan the, the government uh, doesn't by, run the doll, Kira. No, but the, hang the, on a second, here. It was the government. It was the Can Corla that answered the question because you said, or, or the question was put, did the Can Corla have a rush of blood to the head? The Can Corla said that he was acting on advice from the Taoiseach. That's the, the reality. The Can Corla, David, David, you, you know full well. The Can Corla was advised that ministers had to isolate. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
okay, pending the, the outcome of Stephen Donnelly's test. And it was Michal Martin who instructed the Keown Corla to recall the doll at eight o'clock. And the doll is now running. Well, so I think you need any, to... Well, well, you see, you're trying to lay this... No, no. Uh, you're, you're trying to lay the suspension of the doll for three hours uh, at the feet of the government. It was the Keown Corla who decided to suspend the doll until next well, with Tuesday. With respect here, I think Niall had a very good... That was I think, the Keown Corla's call. I think Niall had a very good run at the start and, no, and no, had a, an was, opportunity you're, you're, to set out you're, you're, trying, you're, you're trying to present... You you're trying to present and the events, no, David, of today. I want to get back to... I want to get back to this point that we're being irresponsible, which is complete nonsense. We have facilitated legislation time and again in this doll to ensure that we can meet this threat. What would Sinn Féin have done today to deal with the rising case numbers in Dublin? We'd be honest with the people of Dublin. That's what the government should do. Tell people what level they should be in. Because what we heard, this is the point. Well, they did. Level two with a few additions. Exactly. Have you a problem with the plan being flexible? Do you want Dublin to... What you're saying, David, is you want Dublin to go straight into phase three. No, I don't. We are saying and, and Dublin is on phase two no, with, with, with some minor variations to the rest of the country. If I can be given the same opportunity... I think that's entirely reasonable. If Niall wants to continue to talk over me, then that's a matter for him. But I deserve respect and the opportunity to answer questions. Niall has had a very, very good run. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that on the eve of the announcement of this plan, it was then the case that Dublin was going to be in the middle of two and three, two and a bit. And that doesn't make sense. We were told that this was going to be a very, very clear and easily understood plan. And already we can see that it's not flexibility, by the way. It's that we're being told that Neffet is strongly advising it should be in level three, but that the government are not being honest. And here's the big point here, because when you talk about irresponsibility, we have been pleading with the government for the last number of months to ratchet up testing and tracing. That if you don't get that right, then this plan that's in front of me is not worth the paper it's written on. Yeah. And they haven't done it. And only now... And, no, just to be clear, just to be clear, David, because I've looked at that plan too, and when they are talking about testing and tracing, they said they are in the middle of recruiting 500 extra swabbers, 300 extra tracers. They're going to be building or ensuring that there's a testing centre in every county. So there, there is but a Kira, plan correct. for testing but in Kira, there. you're missing the point. Why wasn't that done months ago? We were promised that we will get to 100,000 tests a week in the middle of May. We've only got to 70,000. So we were way behind the targets that the government set. Uh, we were calling months ago to make sure that we use testing and tracing to hunt down the virus yeah. and to ensure... And, that, and if I can just make yeah. this point, the only way we will ease the restrictions, and I'm okay. sure that Niall would, would want the same as me, I want people to be able to go to football stadiums and GA stadiums and rugby yeah. stadiums and watch games. They can't do it unless we get testing and tracing right. When we look at the testing and tracing uh, and the plan within this Living with COVID plan, there's zero deliverables. In terms of testing and tracing? As in, when is this? When uh, are the uh, centres uh, going to be available in different counties? Uh, when are those people going to be recruited? No, to, no targets you know, in there are no targets. Around times, as, no as targets well, in numbers. You've had a good run now, David, as you said to me. Uh, as you've clearly pointed out yourself, the testing and tracing is being ramped up. We have more testing. We're above the average in the EU in terms of our testing per head of population. We are employing more people. We're putting more resources into it. There will be pop-up testing centres um, provided in every county as we roll this out. There was one in my own county um, last Friday in Ratkeel, hugely successful. In fact, people travelled from all over the country, which showed uh, the demand and the need for it. So the government is reacting, the HSE is reacting. Recruitment has been truncated. In other words, it's been expedited. And we're getting uh, the people who will be available to us to test and to trace. So I, I just want to reject outright the, the, the nonsense that's coming from Sinn Féin in terms of there not being clarity. There is five phases. 
and there is flexibility in terms of how you, um, if there is a need to be flexible, as we have to have in Dublin. The virus is a moving uh, is a moving phenomenon. It is a moving problem. It is a growing problem. And we have to be able to react. And, and it's not about, it's not about putting square now. pegs. Is the messaging not, about... not a bit confused? No, it was not. confused today. It's I not. was confused. It's not. It's not. This is a narrative. And by the way, can I say this, Kira? You know, I, I'm in the doll almost 10 years. Every time there is a, a, a major uh, discussion or issue going on in the country, it always comes back around from the opposition parties that this is a communications uh, fiasco. It isn't a communications well, fiasco. Well, you clearly there, think there, there must there, be some communications five, problem because you spent over a million phases. euros bringing in an external communications company. So there must but, be some realisation. There is communications agencies across every part of government in every uh, country in the world. We have to have communications. People have to have have to be informed and have to be informed rightly. We have issues with fake news, uh, misinformation okay. going on, and we have all of that. So we have to get the right information to people through the proper channels. The government, brought in, the government brought in a PR firm and still, in my view, made a mess of the press conference today. And not only that, and here's the well, important point. Again, you're interrupting and you're having a very good run. If you want a programme on your own, then maybe you should set that up. I'm no, here no, to give an alternative view. Why can't you be honest about it? Your, your government, your government with respect, did not bring the plan onto the floor of the doll to be debated and discussed. You're talking about opposition being responsible. I would have wanted the opportunity to tease out questions. My mail inbox is full of people asking questions, looking for clarification. How is it that we have a plan that was launched, a PR firm to support it, and no time was made available this week to debate that plan in the doll so we could tease out these things? And for Niall to sit there with a straight face and no, almost no. play the character again, of a joker again, tonight, again, I just have to, there is clarity, again, I just have, I really to, I just have to deal... People's, uh, Sorry, David, uh, you, you, you've asked me now. There's a, there's a it COVID... Was very important today, Niall, in fairness, given your own party's polling at the weekend, given the criticisms around communication and the performance of your Taoiseach, that today was seen as a big win, and it hasn't been the big win that well, you needed. Is that not a fair thing to say, Niall? No, it's not a fair thing to say. Today was communicated clearly. There are five phases. And to say that it wasn't communicated clearly to me just doesn't stack up. There is no evidence of that. The people out there... Mixed messages no, no, around travel? Absolutely not. That? that was clarified. That was clarified. If Stephen Donnelly made a mistake, he made a mistake and he put his not hands up. And, and, and he's human. I'm not well, I'm, 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 glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're so perfect. He's the minister, not perfect, and but he's the minister for health. For health. And he's a minister for health. And that, you've never made a mistake. The minister for health that was no, talking I mean, a couple this, of weeks ago about trampolines. A minister for health that also got it wrong the last time restrictions were imposed. in my view, quite clearly see that there are five phases. The country as a whole, with Dublin as an exception, is on two. And hopefully, if everybody pulls together and if we all work hard as a community and as a people, we can win the battle against the virus and keep it suppressed within our, within our community. Uh, the rumour is, in Nile Collins, that Dublin is going to be elevated uh, to level three, that that's what Neffert have wanted all along and that that's what they will be calling for again this Thursday. And given the fact we're seeing 218 new cases in Dublin, is that where Dublin is heading? Look, the, the government gets its advice from Neffet. The government has to consider the public health advice. These are the public health experts, right? We are lay people, we are politicians. The government are politicians and lay people drawn from all strands of society. So we have to consider the advice and we have to consider the wider societal issues, uh, the wider economic issues in terms of our economy. And all of that will be, that decision will be taken in due course. David, any final words? The government has an awful lot to do to restore confidence, uh, to get the message right. And I think if they don't get testing and tracing right, 
as I said before, the paper that's before me and the one that the Minister for Health was unable to explain will not be worth the paper it's written on. All right, we'll leave it there, but both thank, thank you. you for your time this evening. Still to come, Labour leader Alan Kelly will be here with his reaction to today's events and after the break, infectious diseases consultant Paddy Mallon and Dr Nina Burns on today's COVID plan from a health perspective and the challenges we face in containing COVID. Welcome back. I'm joined now by Professor Paddy Mallon, Infectious Diseases Consultant at St Vincent's Hospital and GP Dr Nina Burns. Good evening to you both and thank you for coming in. Paddy, I just want to look, I suppose, um, at the restrictions in Dublin and the figures this evening. So the trend continuing, 218 cases in Dublin out of the 357 new cases. Will the measures brought in today do anything to change that trend? It's really difficult to know. Uh, what we're seeing at the minute that's probably most concerning for me as a physician is that we're seeing the numbers of people at, uh, turning up the hospitals increasing and we're seeing the numbers of people ending up in ICU increasing. So regardless of the numbers within the city, that's your sort of real metric that shows you whether or not your strategy is working to control the virus. And over the last week, all of the indicators, unfortunately, are going in the wrong direction. Whether then on the back of that, you have Dublin at the same level of restrictions as the rest of the country, albeit with a few minor additions, whether that's going to be sufficient at this stage to turn that around, I don't know. Um, but I think that what we do know from earlier in the year is that regardless of what we do today, things are likely to get worse before they get better. What did you make of the COVID plan in general and the strategy that the government has in terms of dealing with COVID-19 or did you see a strategy at all? I think it's, we have a plan uh, and I'm glad that we have a plan. I'm glad that those five phases are there. Uh, the five phases are really there to show, to help guide the public as to what they need to do. But really for pandemic management, the, the key to success for pandemic management, we see it around the world and we definitely see it in countries like Germany who've managed new waves of cases very well. It's about how efficiently your public health service mm -hmm. is actually able to control spread within the community. Uh, and they, it's, it's our public health doctors that are on the front line at the moment. And our public health doctors have said repeatedly through this pandemic that they're under-resourced. Um, so and that it seems can... to be quite inconsistent around the country, isn't it, in terms of how a public health doctor in a particular area deals with their COVID-19 cases? I think that if you look at public health as a specialty, uh, it, it's not just about following a recipe. Um, public health doctors within their own areas will be familiar with their own resources. They'll be familiar with the types of people that live in their areas and they'll be familiar with the types of risk activities that people will be undertaking. So that local knowledge is actually quite key to being able to address uh, local changes in, in, in what way this virus is behaving. And that could be why we're seeing very different dynamics, say, within Dublin as, as, as within Cork. But a lot of it's down to resources. If you have... How are they uh, under-resourced? Well, you have very few public health specialists in the country per capita. And the public health specialists are relying on a test and trace system, which really has to be rapid and it has to be responsive. And I think that it's pretty clear that that system is under extreme pressure at the moment. And, and the bottom line is, unfortunately, if, if all of that was working well, Dublin wouldn't be in the position that it's in at the moment. So we need to get that fixed. And you know, we've been talking about how important that is since the outset of this epidemic. And unfortunately, at the moment, 
we're starting to see the consequences of us not being able to control the infection within a large population in the country. And we're back to a stage where we're probably going to be relying on the blunt measures of community restrictions to get this under control and all of the negative connotations that come with that in terms of the economy, travel, and, and other, other factors and, like that. Uh, doctor, we're talking about a testing system which it does appear to be under pressure. Has that been your experience? Because I think for every case you hear of somebody waiting you know, four or five days or people talking about their delays and getting the results of the GP get it before they get the text message, there's also lots of very positive experiences uh, of people who've been through testing. What, what is yours? So in general, actually, in, in Dublin, and you know, we've practiced in Castlenock and in Monkstown, so two sides of the city, we have been able to access testing very quickly. So from the time we get the call from a patient and we call them and say, yes, you need testing and refer them, and for the most part, those tests are happening within 24 hours and the results are coming back within another 24. So my concern is actually the delay from symptom onset to testing, because I find a lot of the time when we call people back, they're not ringing on day one of symptoms. They're ringing when they've had symptoms or their child has had symptoms for a few days and they decide they're bad enough to get tested. And I think it's really important that the message is there. There's no such thing as bad enough. If you have symptoms suggestive of COVID, call your GP. It's no harm if the GP says to you, actually, I don't think you need testing, but don't make that decision at home. And is that because people aren't clear what to do when they have symptoms or people are afraid of going to get tested? Or what's your understanding? What are people's reasons for not ringing the doctor as soon as there's the onset of symptoms? So I'm sure there's probably a variety of symptoms. I'm sure for some, maybe they've heard the testing isn't pleasant and I'm glad to hear for children that they're trying to introduce more pleasant testing. I think for some, unfortunately, they're aware of the restrictions it will bring to their life if someone is referred for testing and they don't necessarily want to have to isolate at home. Um, and then maybe some people are just, you know, they just don't want to admit that they possibly have COVID. They might be afraid of, of having a positive result. Um, but I think as a community, we need to reinforce that message, how important at the onset of symptoms, because as Paddy said, like the, the test, test and trace, trace is really important. And we need the public health resources to trace the positive contacts. But we need to get that test done in a timely manner to pick and the cases up really quickly. Talking about the messaging, the messaging today, there was lots of words I heard, like we're trying to encourage, we're trying to persuade, we're trying to advise. Is that the right approach, do you think, at this stage, given what we're seeing with the numbers? So the analogy I sort of said to someone recently was, you know, when, when the pubs were open and, you know, it haven't been for a while, we may forget this, but when, you know, last orders would happen and the pub would close and the pub owner would say, can we please leave? I think anyone knows standing in a pub, pretty much nobody leaves. Um, they leave when they're told you must go. I think I can understand why we're trying to have community buy-in and say, please do this. But in the end of the day, a lot of people were not wearing masks on public transport until we made it mandatory. Um, they weren't wearing masks in shops until we made it mandatory. And I think the please message sometimes needs to be reinforced by like, this is what we have to do. And if we do this, then we might not have all these severe restrictions. We might not have to step up to the next stage of restrictions if we can just get the messaging. And particularly, I think around mask wearing, I think we can do better. Uh, Paddy, I saw earlier in the week, uh, I think it was Professor Sam McConkie saying that as the figures stood in Dublin, we could be looking at 5,000 cases a day in Dublin at the end of October. Now, is that absolute worst case scenario? Is that a little bit of scaremongering? Do you agree with his assessments? So th there's one certainty, or one thing that I can say with a certain level of certainty about this pandemic, and that's that every single predictive model 
that I've seen since the start of this pandemic has been wrong. It doesn't matter if it's coming from one of my learned colleagues or if it's coming from NFED. The models just are wrong, but some of them are useful. Um, I think what we need to look at are the hospital admissions. All of this boils down to can we save lives? Can we keep our hospitals open? And, and we can model everything else and you know, we can try and discuss why certain percentages of people... And can we do people, think, Paddy, at this point? The, or is there a risk that our hospitals could get overwhelmed? The, the real risk in our hospitals is that they could get overwhelmed and they could get overwhelmed very quickly. So the key here for especially the people at Dublin is that this is our plan. There is no other plan. There is not going to be another plan in a timely fashion that's going to make a difference. So we have to make this work. We have no other option. And we all have to buy into this. Remembering why we're doing this, we're buying into this to try and keep the country open because that is our strategy, to try and live safely with the virus and to try and keep each other from getting sick and to try and keep our family members and our friends from dying. So they're pretty important goals. And, and that needs to be where the focus is. You know, and we can, we can wax lyrical and we can politicize and we can criticize, but the bottom line is that we're not gonna have time, realistically, to do anything else other than what we're being asked to do at the moment. But we've got to try our best to make this work because if By it's we, going, the public, we've got to if, follow the if, measures as closely as we possibly if this, can. If this is going to fail as a strategy, it has to fail despite our best attempts not because we didn't give it a good enough go. But as one of the difficulties, Paddy, at this point, getting public buy-in is that the communication hasn't been good by the government. So what I would suggest to everyone is, um, rather than waiting for communication of a complex plan, because none of this is easy, no one's finding this easy, uh, the Irish Times and a couple of the newspapers have put together these charts. If you're thinking of doing something, if you're thinking of doing an activity, if you're thinking of going out, if you're thinking of having people over, just look at the chart and say, what are the rules about what it is I'm about to do? And if you're breaking the rules, you're not doing anyone any good, at least of all yourself, because it's not going to be good for your economy, it's not going to be good for your job, and it's not going to be good for the health of the people around you. Uh, Nina, one of the things I think Paddy was talking about there was this risk of our hospitals getting overwhelmed. We also heard the government today talking about the winter plan, and obviously part of the winter plan and ensuring we don't have huge numbers in hospitals is to try and get people to take the flu vaccine, yeah. um, because we know how that can overwhelm uh, the A&Es in this country. But there's been difficulties, hasn't there, in trying to secure the number of flu vaccines that you normally would? What's your experience been? Yes. So a few weeks ago, we got an email saying that there was a delay in delivery. We'd normally expect to get delivery at the end of September of our first batch, and you can order them every two weeks then really running through flea season. Um, so we were thinking that would be pushed out till October. We then got an email this week saying that we can get them early October, but um, different practices are being allocated different amounts. So we've been told we can have 100 vaccines for each practice. Now, we can reorder again in two weeks, um, and I was hoping that was just for the first delivery, but I, I noticed today a lot of GPs expressing concern on Twitter at the how few vaccines they're allowed to have. And I think it's really, really important that if it is a supply issue, if this is a central issue, the government needs to be open about it because there's no point saying to people, we want you all vaccinated for flu and launching a huge campaign when the GPs simply won't be able to get the vaccines. So I think the messaging on it is really important because there are a lot of people who normally wouldn't get flu vaccine or talking about getting it this year. But if the flu campaign is a bit of a mess, then we're going to lose a lot of people who should be vaccinated. And finally, speaking about messaging, I just want to look at the messaging today around uh, restrictions and the self-isolation requirements of those who are COVID positive. They have gone from 14 down to 10. I think there's a leading COVID expert in Germany, the leading COVID expert in Germany says, you know what, it actually should be five. After five days of showing symptoms, you're not infectious. 
where do you think that should be at, Paddy, at this point? So there's a lot of variability around this, but generally speaking, once you get to around nine days, when you look at the studies, that's when the amount of virus in your system really starts to drop off. And more than 50% of people by nine or 10 days won't have any detectable virus. And, and those that do will have viruses detectable at very low levels. So it is, it's, it's, it's an evidence-based approach. Um, I don't think that it's going to significantly impact one way or another in terms of what we're doing in Dublin and in terms of where our problem is right at the minute. But it may just help us to, to live a bit better with this virus, especially given a lot of the disruptions, especially around schools where people are having to take their children out of schools and maybe waiting around while people either have positive tests or waiting for tests. If you can give people a bit more clarity, cut that time back a bit, that can actually just ease up a bit of the inconvenience and help life just get on that bit easier. So it's, it's a small point good evidence base for it. I think we need to continue to see more of that. All right, uh, we have to leave it there, folks, but thank you both for your time. Now, after the break, Dublin publicans react angrily to news that they will not reopen, calling the latest decision an unmitigated disaster. And Labour leader Alan Kelly on the government's COVID plan. Welcome back. The decision to keep Dublin wet pubs closed has been called an unmitigated disaster and could see some Dublin pubs never reopened. Well, I'm joined now by Donal O'Keefe from the Licensed Vintners Association. I know this affects, Donal, 250 pubs here in the capital. I'm sure they are devastated today, but given the rising numbers, another 218 cases in Dublin, is it not understandable that the government felt they just couldn't take the risk and reopen the wet pubs here? Absolutely not. These businesses have been closed since the 15th of March, 189 days. They have made no contribution to the rising infection rate in Dublin, which we are all concerned about. It seems to us that the government's new roadmap, the big idea in, in it, is to keep businesses closed that were already closed for 189 days. Uh, we're devastated by this news. Um, it's the fourth date that we have been given by government to reopen, where, where we haven't actually got open. The stress levels in the trade are enormous, uh, particularly for the families involved in the pubs, their staff and their suppliers. I know you've said that 12 pubs have said that they're not ever going to reopen. Do you expect further closures? Yeah, we think it's inevitable at this stage. Um, obviously, there's a review date in three weeks' time. We have no confidence in this government reopening the pubs in the near term. And clearly, the longer this goes on, the worse it will be in terms of business sustainability and the number of pubs that will actually reopen. We are racking up our fixed costs. People with mortgages, people with leases are in big trouble here. We're six months without income. We had a paltry insulting support package from government uh, three weeks ago. We've had no announcement of further support for businesses that they're now keeping closed an additional three weeks at a minimum. And many of these pubs now will now be pushed into mortgage default by the government policy. Mortgage payment breaks expire at the end of September, and we simply cannot pay mortgages when we've been closed for six months. All right, we've leave it there. Thank you, Donald. Great stuff, thank you. Joined now in studio by Labour leader Alan Kelly. Uh, good evening to you. We're going to talk about the pubs in a moment, but let's just go back to what happened uh, in the Dáil this afternoon after uh, it was revealed that the health minister needed to go for a COVID test and a appeared that Cabinet needed to go and restrict its movements. But then the doll was suspended. What happened after that? What did you do? 
I actually took a bit of advice and I rang the Taoiseach and I said, uh, I don't understand why they'd all suspended. We've 19 junior ministers who often take legislation and take business. Um, you know, we need uh, the doll to be sitting. Uh, the executive is now in isolation for a period of time, and I'm glad Minister Donnelly has got the result he has. Um, but there was no reason for it. Uh, I said, you know, under what standing order, constitutionally, where are we at? I, I don't agree with you. And he said he considered it. And 20 minutes later... And did he say anything else at that point to you? Well, basically, he said, yeah, well, I'll have to consider that. 20 minutes later, uh, he rang me back and said, yeah, he was in agreement and he was bringing the doll back. So, it was so very what bizarre. happened then? Do you I, I, think well, we that asked, we went from having sort of the cabinet restricting, uh, the doll being told nothing can happen here, folks, no more business for a week, to suddenly at eight o'clock, Sean O'Friel saying, actually, no, we will continue. We have enough junior ministers and we have enough TDs, those who hadn't gone home, and it's business as usual. Yeah, it was actually one of the most bizarre things that ever happened in politics with me, where I actually ended up bringing the Taoiseach to challenge him as to why the doll wasn't sitting. I understand, which we don't know who, there was a channel by which the Count was communicated with to say, you know, the doll needed to uh, conclude, it needed to adjourn. And then subsequently there was another communication which said it needed to be brought back. Okay, we so need to get information on this. I think, look, there's, let's not do the blame game on this. We're living in unprecedented, time, unprecedented times. This is probably going to happen again. So it was like a dry run. But like, we need to do it right. There's no reason for the doll not to be sitting. We've limited court sittings. The executive now, which is the cabinet, were actually going isolating. There was no way that the doll shouldn't be sitting. Do you know, is there a protocol in place for what happens when somebody in the cabinet or somebody within the doll chambers goes off to get tested for COVID-19? Is there a protocol, a policy? After tonight, there obviously is not, but there should be. There isn't one. Uh, I'm not aware of anyone. If there was one, we would have been communicated with it. And it's obvious after what went on tonight that there wasn't one for the cabinet either, which is a bit worrying. But you know what? Let's all learn from this. I think the, the government would accept that too. Outside of the uh, Dublin restrictions, do you largely welcome the living with COVID plan today? Do you accept that it is quite clear and quite coherent? I accept that we needed a plan. I actually suggested we need a plan something like this. I believe in a five-phase plan, and I welcome that. Um, genuinely want to see it work because, you know, we need to all pull together and make it work. Uh, I don't want to see, and I have a dread in relation to the non-COVID health issues over the winter months, because remember, COVID came at the best time for us. We now have six difficult months, so I want to make sure it happens. But also, there's no denying that there are issues as regards how this was communicated and brought out. And it's not all just about communications. Like we have five phases, but this plan really is five and a half phases. And I believe that the government should have just been clear, had the five phases and said what went into each phase. And also then not produce a document like this at the end of the press conference, which outlined another five areas whereby people in Dublin had to restrict themselves. So for instance... So what should they have done then with the situation of, in Dublin? Well, basically, as far as I'm concerned, they should have made the decision whether it was the, today was the right time to launch the plan or not was one question. But secondly, everywhere should have slotted into one of the five phases or else they should have had more or less phases, but it should have been clear and then everybody could work on it, produce a map, produce a document, send it out to every home, just be one chart, publish it across all social media and all print media and make sure everybody was clear about where everybody slotted in. And yes, of course, you're going to have to be flexible. Counties will have to move depending on things, uh, unfortunately. But at least everyone would know that. It will be clear. 
Honestly, I had to take calls tonight from people wondering if they could travel because they're elderly and they want to do a staycation and they were going down the country from Dublin. You know, Minister Donnelly was on news programme today and he said everyone could travel. It's obviously he made an error. That's fine. He made an error, but he's a human and being. And Ed Collins, I think, pointed yeah, that exactly. out earlier and today. Look, it was a very busy day. Yeah. He made a mistake yeah, and he and wasn't, feel, he wasn't feeling well. That. And that's fine. That's fine. But I couldn't actually, at that time, until I got clarity, give him advice. There's also a statement here in relation to higher and third level educations, in relation to enhanced protective measures. Don't fully know what that means. And there are a number of other measures. We found out about less amount of people attending sporting events. Only found out about this by accident afterwards. So that's what I mean by the lack of clarity. Look, we have to get behind this. We have to collectively support this. But we also need the government to ensure that we just have clarity all the way through it. So well. Do you accept then what some of the government ministers were saying today, that there's too many in the opposition who are just trying to undermine the public health message and play politics with this plan? There'll always be politics. I'm not going to deny that. Um, but we have to support a plan that's been put forward on behalf of the country. We need to now just get everything clarified, get everything sorted in relation to Dublin in particular. And on top of that then, we need to start out testing. We need to start out support for GPs who are being overrun. I know Nina was on here with you earlier on. That can't go on for another number of months. We need to ensure very much so that this plan protects the elderly and protects the most vulnerable, for instance, people with disabilities. We need to ensure that our health service has enough capacity. They're the issues we need to go and deal with to support this plan. Uh, you said the plan needed to be elderly-proofed yeah. uh, earlier in the week. What does that actually mean, Alan, but, given yeah. the fact that we do know that the over-70s are more vulnerable to COVID-19? It's very quite a personal thing. My parents are both in their 80s. And, you know, they're very active people, or were. Um, they and hundreds of thousands of people like them across Ireland deserve, after paying all their taxes, after basically doing all the work to get us where we are as a country, they deserve to live whatever time they have left. Obviously, as they're older, the, the less time left in, in a good way. We need to protect them, but we also need to make sure that they have activities, that they can participate, that they can play their part across society. Like, I'm glad this, this today has nothing to no mention of cocooning, for instance, because I don't think it was appropriate. We need to ensure that people who are at the elderly stage of their life can live their life in a good way. And that's how what I though, And also, may I say, how, people, how, with, people honestly, with disabilities. How, how, do you, how do you actually, if you were in government, how would you allow the elderly who are more vulnerable to COVID-19 to actually do that? Well, it's very simple. How do you protect you, you pro them? You, prov you, pro you provide capacity in communities for activities to be done in a safe way, whether that is and whatever activity it is in a sporting event or community event or whatever. But also, I'm a huge advocate for those who have intellectual disabilities. They need their day services back. You know, we really need to get all of the people who have intellectual disabilities, children or adults, they've been forgotten about. I've spoken about this in the Dáil on numerous occasions. They're the type of people we need to be thinking about and ensuring that the plan that we have to support doesn't forget them. And make one more point. In relation to testing, it's actually critical we get into a, a testing regime. We need to ensure that all the people, the physiotherapists, uh, the, all those who are uh, treating people in the community, they can't be taken up with doing testing and tracing. We have enough other people we can hire in now to do that. So these are the type of challenges that I'm pushing the government on in a in, you know, in a constructive way uh, to deal with the issues facing us as a country. Uh, if Labour were in government today, would they have allowed the wet pubs in Dublin to open? Um, I would follow the public health advice. And do you know what I would do? I would continue what Simon Harris did. I would publish 
what Ronan Glynn sent to him. And I'm challenging or asking. Well, we, we've heard today that uh, Neffet actually were looking for all of the wet pubs to be paused for potentially another fortnight. So if you were in charge, and clearly the Taoiseach decided and the rest of the ministers decided, OK, we're not going to just listen to that advice, we're only going to apply it to Dublin, what would you have done? I believe that... If, depending on the phasing, if we were going to have three, phase two or phase three, if Dublin slotted into phase two, where the wet pubs then be left open, and if they were slotting into phase three, which they're recommending then that there would be issues with regards to wet pubs, you certainly then would have to take that, uh, that on board. Um, but regarding public health advice, the government just needs to be consistent. I, you know, if they disagree in some way because of other socioeconomic factors, just say so publish the advice and say so. I'd actually welcome that because at the end of the day, governments do have to make decisions, NEFIT do have to revise, but let's just see it transparently and then bring the public with you. OK, we have to leave it there, but Labour leader Alan Kelly, thank you for your time. Well, that's all we have time for this evening. Thanks to everybody who joined me tonight. Matt will be back here tomorrow night at the usual time of 10pm. Until then, thank you for watching. Good night. This is a Virgin Media Originals podcast series. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.